Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. The uh, Derek Chauvin trial continues, and it's been a very interesting week and uh, many developments in the trial. We're joined by Kim Belware, national reporter with The Washington Post. Uh, Kim Belware is at the trial in Minneapolis. Kim, thank you very much for taking the time. The medical examiner who performed the autopsy on George Floyd testified this week. Could you speak to that, please? So I I wanted to clarify that um, I'm actually not in Minneapolis. My colleagues, some of my colleagues are, but I am covering, um, I'm part of the coverage of the trial. I'm doing that remotely because it's so limited who can be there based on uh, the pandemic precautions. But for the first week, uh, that was all very emotional testimony from eyewitnesses. In the second week that just wrapped, these were police experts, including people from Derek Chauvin's own force on the Minneapolis Police Department, and then also health experts, including the medical examiner who performed George Floyd's autopsy. And this is really where we're seeing a clash of the arguments made between the prosecution and the defense, because both are arguing from different angles, the central question, what killed George Floyd? So uh, the defense attorney is focusing on the health of George Floyd. Uh, What are your thoughts on that, and how has that been presented? Um, Really what we're seeing, you know, we kind of see the direction that the defense is going in their cross-examinations and sort of which parts of the expert testimony they're trying to tease out or trying to complicate. I think one of the most interesting exchanges was what we saw Thursday when they talked to um, a pulmonologist, you know, basically a breathing expert who studies very deeply just the machinations of how people breathe. And um, for someone who has very, uh, you know, technical language, he was able to break it down pretty effectively. What we heard from the pool reporter in the courtroom is that the jurors were very interested. They were taking a lot of notes. And it was pretty clear in establishing, you know, with, with very high levels of certainty, you know, using equations and different diagrams, um, exactly, you know, why he came to the conclusion that it was, you know, that it was pressure, it was asphyxiation that caused George Floyd's death. And really all the defense could do was um, just kind of make that testimony seem muddier or somehow less certain. Uh, it, we're not going to know quite as much until we get into next week when the defense starts bringing their own witnesses. But right now, really, the, the everything they have that they're trying to do is is just trying to push back as much as possible and reclaim as much ground as possible um, from parts that suggest there were things, um, there were other contributing factors, which is why we really see them latch on to um, you know, the discussions about the presence of drugs and, you know, George Floyd's heart and lung condition. Right. Now, we were told, and I've read a number of uh, accounts on this, that the, the, the judge in the case is receiving high marks for how he's conducting the trial. Is that your sense? Yeah. I mean, Judge Cahill seems like he is, uh, you know, he is a very steady hand at this. Um, he's you know, got a good reputation. He's being very protective of the jury in particular. You know, he is trying to avoid, uh, you know, he is trying to avoid a mistrial. He does not want the city to go through this again. He doesn't want jurors or everybody have to go through this again. He wants this one and done, and he wants it done right. Whatever conviction uh, or, or acquittal comes up, he wants that to stand and, and kind of be above reproach. So he, you know, is, is being very proactive in, you know, doing sidebars and, you know, kind of steering the defense and the prosecution um, off of, 
off of lines of questioning that, you know, might be too objectionable, unfair. Um, and, and it really seems like he's being pretty fair. But going back to the jury again, too, he's really trying to make sure that the jury is rested and alert and is, you know, very clear on, uh, you know, kind of what they should be paying attention to because they're going to be going into deliberations we expect in about a week. Is there something in particular that's taken you by surprise? Um, and, you know, that's hard to say because I've, I've watched a lot of trials like this of police officers, including ones in um, in Minneapolis. Uh, you know, one, one thing that, you know, definitely stood out to a lot of people is just this time the number of uh, active duty police um, experts, including the chief himself, who were testifying against, uh, you know, against an officer. Now, if that, I don't know that I would go so far as to say that represents any kind of sea change in American policing, but it was very notable that, um, you know, there is a, there was a police officer on trial and you had his supervisors, his trainers, all the way up to his chief um, testifying against him. Uh, the jury, as you as you uh, watch the jury, and, uh, and and you say the judge Judge Cahill is very protective of the jury, and I understand that. As you as you watch the jury, are you getting any signals? Do you have any sense from them? Um, so this is an interesting thing. The judge, part of the, one of the things he's doing to protect the jury is he is keeping them private, so they're not seen on camera. The only person who can see the jury is a single pool reporter who rotate. You know, it's a different person every day who's in the courtroom. And uh, there are certain things they can can't describe about the jury, but they have generally kind of in broad strokes, um, you know, sort of discussed, you know, um, is the jury falling asleep? Is the jury alert? Are they crying? Um, yeah. And so what, what we've heard from those pool reports over the past two weeks is the first week was very difficult on the jury. Uh, there was, you know, suspected that one of the jurors might have been having a panic attack after seeing all of the footage. You know, there were jurors that were viscerally reacting to um, some of the video that was being played of George Floyd, you know, gripping their chairs, wincing, crying. And then in the second week, you know, we see kind of their energy flag if the day is getting long and if the expert testimony gets a little bit dry. And uh, so, you know, everything that we've seen is that they they seem to be, you know, taking this all in and, um, you know, and taking notes and, and they seem to be pretty engaged. If you want to hear more, Subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.